Welcome to the Stronger Than Steel podcast with your host, Austin Davidson and John Keir, talking Steelers all the time. Now, here's Austin and John. Hello and welcome back to the Stronger Than Steel podcast, a special solo edition hosted by myself, John Keir, today. A special game day podcast talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens part one of uh, two that we'll see here between these two teams. And I'll cover a few things with today's game, but uh, I also wanted to address some news that came out yesterday, which not overly surprising, but kind of confirming what we've already known, but still just uh, interesting to see officially in writing for the first time. So I suppose I'll start there. And that is, of course, that news broke yesterday from Adam Schefter and other NFL insiders that Ben Roethlisberger has told some uh, former players with the Pittsburgh Steelers and some inside the organization that this year will be his final season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. To quote Schefter exactly, it says, Ben Roethlisberger has privately told former teammates and some within the organization that he expects this to be his final final season playing quarterback for the Steelers, league sources told ESPN. Now, that's not exactly surprising news. Uh, Roethlisberger's in his 18th season has been looking like he's been on the decline now for the past three to four years. And with all the injuries that have mounted over the course of his career, in a lot of respects, you could say it's surprising he's lasted this long. But it does certainly seem, it seemed like going into this year it would be his final year. I even, a lot of people thought that playoff loss at home to the Browns was going to be it for him, especially after Marquise Pouncey retired. But Ben, in fact, did come back. And it's been uh, it's been an up-and-down year for him, to say the least. Certainly not the player he once was, so hearing this isn't exactly surprising, but it is certainly odd to see it in writing officially. And I, it is also kind of odd see, seeing that he's... The exact statement was that he expects expects this to be his final season playing quarterback with the Steelers. And if you if you really want to... If you really want to interpret that... You can say, oh, he only it only says not for the Steelers, but I mean, let, let's be honest, the writing's kind of been on the wall for him. He can still play a little bit, but compared to where he was even a couple years ago, he is far, far removed from what he was even back in 2018 when he led the NFL in passing yards. Um, he's still at least serviceable enough to finish out the rest of the year, but this team appears to be in transition, and there's no point in him sticking around for that transition with his abilities on the decline. And uh, Adam Schefter's report indicated that it's highly unlikely Roethlisberger plays for another NFL team, not just because there's there might not be any interest for him to play, but again, a 39-year-old would be 40 years old next season that has been on the decline is not exactly something teams are looking for in a starting quarterback. I'm sure if he wanted to be a backup, he could do that somewhere, but... I highly doubt he'd want to be a backup quarterback since he was a starting quarterback just three weeks into his NFL career and had been ever since for 18 seasons. So, a lot to digest there. Not, again, not exactly surprising, but it's just confirmation that 
this long, fruitful, and successful era of Steelers football, one that many fans have grown up with, including myself and Austin for that matter, is coming to an end. And his career has spanned so long that there are a lot of fans who have never known the Pittsburgh Steelers to have been quarterbacked by anyone besides him. I do have some memories of this team from prior to his arrival with Tommy Maddox and Cordell Stewart in the early 2000s, but I was a young kid. And to see this era come to an end is a, a bit sad, but at the same time it's also it's also something that was expected to happen and is frankly necessary to happen. It's time to close the book on this chapter of Pittsburgh Steelers history. Again, two Super Bowl championships, three appearances, and you can complain a lot about where this team should be or should have been over the past decade and how they underachieved. And Ben has been a part of that too, but he's also been a major part of the success this team has had as well. And you can certainly make arguments that he was not given what he needed at certain times throughout his career as well. So with all that being said, these are the final weeks of Ben Roethlisberger in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. And even though it seems unlikely they'll make the playoffs at this point, they still have a big game on Sunday. And if they beat the Ravens today, they'll be six and five with still an uphill battle, but an outside chance at making the playoffs. And as we learned with this team in Roethlisberger's second season back in 2005, all you need to do is get in. So at the worst You'll be watching number seven for the last time, and I, I seriously doubt you'll see the number seven worn by a member of this franchise for as long as we'll be alive, probably ever. So if uh, if you want, just uh, take it for what it is and enjoy the rest of this season knowing that this will most likely be, barring anything insane, pretty much just confirming that we knew at the start of the year that this will be the last season for Big Ben Roethlisberger. So uh, we'll have plenty of time to discuss his career and the tributes to his uh, his massive accomplishments over the course of the offseason and following the season. But for now, the Steelers, as I said, do have a big game against the Baltimore Ravens today at 425. So why don't I get into that and talk a little bit about that game. Uh, let's see here. As far as the injury reports go, the Ravens have three players listed as out. Really just, uh, sorry, just one player listed as out. That's wide receiver Miles Boykin. But they also have several players that are listed as questionable, including cornerback Marlon Humphrey, which would be a big loss because he's their top cornerback. Expected to follow Deontay Johnson around the field. So he might not play. Their first-round pick, Adafi Owe, is questionable with a shoulder injury. There also could be missing cornerbacks Chris Westry with a thigh injury. Tavon Young, the slot cornerback, also with an illness. Anthony Everett with a shoulder and ankle injury. And they also could be without linebacker Patrick Queen with a rib injury. And Patrick McCarry, their offensive tackle, with an ankle injury. And... Jimmy Smith, their cornerback, also has a neck injury, and Patrick Ricard has a foot and thigh injury. So the Ravens are really beat up right now, as they have been all season. A lot of people have been making excuses for the Steelers in terms of injuries the last few weeks, but 
Baltimore has had it much worse all year long, and that doesn't even include all the injuries that they suffered before the season. You know, no J.K. Dobbins, uh, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, all those guys gone, not even playing a single snap this season. So you can complain about injuries all you want if you're the Steelers, but the Ravens have had it worse and they're in a better spot. So they deserve a lot of credit for where they are right now. On the other side... Isaiah Bugs is out for the Steelers. He, having been a healthy scratch last week, will not play due to an ankle injury. Cornerback Joe Hayden is out after uh, was expected to start practicing this week, but was not able to. So Joe Hayden starting cornerback out. Isaiah Loudermilk and Cameron Hayward are have illnesses, so they uh, I need to find their official designation because this uh, website apparently does not have that. I thought that it would have. Let me find that for you. Here we go. Let's see. We got Isaiah Bugs out. Chase Claypool not listed. Pat Fryermuth passed concussion protocol. Zach Banner pass uh, is not designated. Neither is Cam Hayward. Christian Kuntz, Isaiah Loudermilk, those guys are all good. Cornerback Arthur Millette is good. Roethlisberger is going to play. So it looks like just Joe Hayden is going to be down. Also wanted to mention that Carlos Davis, defensive tackle, who has not played since week one in Buffalo, was activated from injured reserve officially. And and offensive tackle Chaz Green was elevated from the practice squad uh, due to the result of Joe Haig being on the COVID list. So with that being uh, not just that, but also uh, obviously the Steelers placing J.C. Hassenauer on injured reserve last week so the Steelers are kind of thin at offensive line so green a guy with some experience to play uh, tackle and I guess in a pinch guard if necessary though John LeGlue would probably do that first and Carlos Davis will join a defensive line group that's been much maligned in recent weeks so he should hopefully provide a boost in the pass rushing game and we'll see about run defense but and this will be pretty interesting going into this game this will be the first time that the Baltimore Ravens have been favored in Pittsburgh against the Ben Roethlisberger-led Steelers in his entire career, which is kind of crazy to think about. But, man, this this Ravens team has been a bit up and down. They haven't had a ton of big blowout wins, but they've been able to find ways to win even when they're not at their best. And, I mean, I already mentioned all the injuries that they've had this year. The fact that they're 8-4 at this point is kind of incredible. So they do deserve a lot of credit. Sorry, 8 and 3. My apologies. But the offense, even though it's different names, the way they play is pretty similar. Even minus uh, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, they've got the front five of Alejandro Villanueva, obviously the former Steeler, playing at left tackle there. He's had an okay season. Ben Powers at left guard, Bradley Bozeman at center, Kevin Zeitler and Patrick McCarry at right guard and tackle. It's an experienced offensive line that doesn't have any spectacular pieces, but when you've got a threat like Lamar Jackson at running back and a good fullback like Patrick Ricard, assuming he plays, this offense has still found a way to move the ball successfully on the ground. And as we know, the Steelers struggled a lot to defend the run in each of their games against Baltimore a year ago. Baltimore running for 265 yards in the first matchup, so that's definitely a concern. 
even though Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray aren't exactly the most terrifying thunder and lightning running back duo block getting blocking like the, the like the Ravens offensive line has provided the Ravens should be able to have some success especially considering how much the Steelers have struggled to defend the run this year Lamar Jackson is just such a big part of what they do on offense and being able to slow down that running game it'd be a lot easier to do with Stefan Tuitt and Tyson Alualu but minus those guys even with all the injuries the Ravens have had, it's a big concern. You kind of have to pick your poison here because even though Lamar Jackson is not having a super efficient year throwing the ball, as we already know, Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the league, a very quiet but dangerous weapon. And on the outside, Marquise Brown is having a career year right now, and Sammy Watkins is still dangerous, uh, you know, has those weird instances where. He's quiet for most of the season, but has like three or four games a year where he just goes off. And if you're not careful, this could be one of those games, especially minus Joe Hayden in this one. And of course, they have the first round pick, Rashad Bateman, who just recently got called up, called off of or upgraded from the uh, injured reserve list and has been playing recently. So you don't want him to break out against you either. So in terms of defending the run, it's tough. I mean not having those two defensive linemen the guys that would have theoretically started the season and to its case not having those guys as we've seen has put the Steelers in a tough spot when it comes to defending the run even when loading up the box they've had a lot of trouble slowing down the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals in the run uh, on run defense it's been tough and if the Steelers want to win this game, it's going to require guys making plays. They're going to give up their fair share on the ground in this one. It's just it's what the Ravens do. And the Steelers team is missing too many players for it to make a difference. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to get some negative plays. T.J. Watt is going to play in this one. He tested negative on Friday and again yesterday. So he will play in this one. And it'll be up to guys like him. Cameron Hayward, and of course the uh, newer additions to the defense like uh, like Carlos Davis, who was uh, just activated off of injured reserve, and the recently signed Montrevious Adams from New Orleans practice squad. Those guys are going to be tasked with getting into the backfield and making a few plays. It's going to be it's going to have to be either a bend but don't break defense or a big play defense that tries to force turnovers. It's about that third down defense being able to come up with a play and not letting the Ravens hit the explosive play on the ground. And on the other end, you don't want them to sell out too much to stop the running game because if they do, that's when Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown go off. So I guess with the Steelers, it's probably a matter of do as much as you can to try to take away the ground game, attack the mesh point, and try to hit the quarterback, make Lamar Jackson hand it off every time, uh, just try to make it so that he doesn't want to run with the football because he is the most dangerous runner on this team. And win those possession downs, those third downs, those fourth and shorts, which the Ravens are confident and will go for. And then when it comes to the passing game, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Mark Andrews is probably the more dangerous player, but Marquise Brown on this Steelers secondary is a concern. James Pierre has had troubles this year getting beat deep, 
and Minka Fitzpatrick probably having to focus more on stopping the rushing attack in this one. You might have to take your chances with Marquise Brown, and we'll see maybe five shots this game down the field, probably three with him, and you, ha you can't let them win those types of plays. So defensively, it's going to be very similar to the first game they played a year ago, which is you can give up the yardage between the 20s, but if you're forcing the Ravens to take a 40-yard field goal with Justin Tucker, even though it's automatic points, that's a that's a massive win. So, I mean, you take that if you're the Steelers' defense. Coming away from this one with the Ravens scoring less than 24 points feels like a victory uh, with everything the Steelers are missing right now. On the other end, the Ravens' defense, not quite the dominant unit that we're used to seeing it be, but it's still a decent unit, at least up front. Obviously, they're missing a bunch of players on that side, too. Um, none, probably few more important than uh, Marcus Peters, who was lost uh, for the season uh, way back at the start of the year. They still have uh, Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, likely a future Hall of Famer, and Justin Houston. They've got a maybe an unheralded but efficient uh, linebacker room in Josh Bynes, Tyus Bowser, and the emerging Patrick Queen. When it comes to trying to run the ball, I have a tough time seeing the Steelers run the ball effectively against this group. The Ravens, Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell, and not to mention Justin Matibuke, uh, Matibuke too, who uh, Austin looked at pre-draft a couple years ago. This is a good run-stopping defensive front, and they pursue well. And with the Steelers' struggles to run the ball... I don't feel good about the Steelers' chances to successfully run or run for a large total in terms of the raw counting stats in this one. Austin and I checked out a tweet from NFL Next Gen Stats earlier this week, which indicated the Steelers have faced a light box on a very large percentage of their running plays. In fact, I wanna, I'm going to actually find this for you because I'm curious about it. It's a very, honestly, depressing stat because... This whole season, I was under the impression the Steelers were facing a ton of heavy boxes. And as a result, we're not running the ball well. And they weren't facing heavier boxes, or they weren't facing lighter boxes because the Steelers were unable to hit the deep ball or were unable to get the ball down the field successfully very often. Here we go. Found it here. So on a graph, at uh, NextGenStats on Twitter, uh cool graph that indicates uh, two axes, axes, if you will, with a light box rate and a too high safety shell rate. So the too high safety and light box are similar. Uh, the general idea is that too high safety shells will indicate some sort of cover six, two, or four, and light boxes are just, you know, the in terms of the counting, uh, in terms of counting, you have uh, more blockers than defenders. Uh, in those situations. So usually a heavy box is eight men in the box, depending on your personnel and how many people are close to the line of scrimmage. The higher percentage the light box and too high safety shell is, that's generally teams inviting you to run the ball. And in terms of too high, or sorry, in terms of light box rate faced this season, only the Kansas City Chiefs have faced a lighter box more than the Steelers. And the Steelers are still struggling mightily to run the football which is just so disheartening to hear because 
when you're facing these light boxes, which is, you know, a lot of these RPOs and the Steelers are running on a lot of them, obviously, and they're just not getting a lot of yards, or it's a first and 10, they're getting three or four yards and not seven. And it's just, it's tough to win that way. All the good things Najee Harris has done for this team, he does not get a lot of explosive runs. And we knew that was going to happen, but with this team not producing a lot of explosive plays in the passing game, you really, really need to have explosive plays come from somewhere. And the Steelers have just five this season on the ground. And Najee Harris only has two of them. Running backs have two of them, and they're both by him. Two of two others have come, one from Deontay Johnson and one from Chase Claypool on those little sweeps. And the other, the longest run of the year, a 26-yarder came from Mason Rudolph. So, I mean, uh, just horribly depressing stuff to see there. And outside of that, the Steelers are, I believe, fourth in the league in terms of two high safety shell rate faced, which also explains Ben Roethlisberger's short passing game. Why would you go deep down the field when you're facing too high? So just really, really disappointing to see stuff like that going on with the Steelers running game. You really feel like the Steelers should be able to run the ball better, but they just have not been able to. And against a talented defensive front, it feels tough to think that the Steelers are going to be able to run the ball effectively. Go with that game plan that the Steelers had in the last two games that they played against Baltimore. Throw short, and uh, the Ravens' defensive backs are going to be missing players. Rely on your guys to get open. And don't get in third and long situations because, as we know, the Ravens have probably the most complicated blitz packages in the NFL given their amoeba package, and they play very similar to Pittsburgh, which Ben Roethlisberger will be familiar with a lot of the blitzes, but this young offensive line, that's a concern. Uh, I know they struggle to run screens, but I'd consider this to be a game where you want to try to run some screens, and maybe you get the Ravens uh, starting to come up to the box, run some double moves, and hope that you can get a max protect to work and try to hit them down the field. Uh, This could be a game where you see the Steelers have a pretty decent offensive day, but you're going to need short fields in this one, and you can't turn the ball over. So, you know, it's the same stuff we've been saying all season. So it's going to be tough. There is a path to victory, and the offense can move the football in this one, but it's not going to be easy. So as far as what I the, – the guys I'm most importantly watching in this one – On offense, it's going to be Deontay Johnson, who's having a fantastic season, only dropping one pass this entire year. And a guy that was much maligned, obviously, because of all those drops, but I think has responded in a great way this year. And with Marlon Humphrey likely... With Marlon Humphrey likely shadowing him the entire game, it's going to be on Johnson to get open and make plays. And if Humphrey doesn't play, Johnson could have a big day. And on the other side, I've highlighted him a bunch this year, and he struggled mightily, but it's Devin Bush. The Steelers need more play out of this guy, and they need it now. And I don't expect him to play better. I'm not expecting much from him, but this is a guy that the Steelers desperately need to start turning it around. And in a game against Lamar Jackson, you need him to be able to make plays on this quarterback. Please show me something, Devin Bush. My bold predictions for this game are I'm going to have just two TDs scored the entire game. I was thinking about this. 
really the most exciting matchup to me is the two the two uh, kickers in this one. Maybe the two best kickers in the league. I kind of want to see a classic game between the kickers. So that's kind of what I'm going for in this one. And I'm going to go with six turnovers total in this one. This feels like an ugly game. So I'm all for it, I guess. All right. Let me get to my picks for the rest of this week. I'll go kind of rapid fire here. The Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Tampa Bay is a 10.5 point favorite. Everyone that knows me knows I've been picking against the Falcons all year. This feels like a game where the Buccaneers are going to drop 40 on the Falcons easily. So I'll take the Buccaneers. Cardinals at the Bears. The Bears are a touchdown and a half. Sorry, a 7.5 point underdog at home. I like the Cardinals. I feel like the Bears actually have a better chance to compete with Andy Dalton, that quarterback, right now. But the Cardinals are just in a zone. They're going to keep rolling. Chargers at Bengals. Maybe the game of the week in the AFC. The Bengals are field goal favorites at home. I think the Bengals... I'm actually going to thread the needle here. I think the Bengals win, but the Chargers are going to make it a one-point game. A last-second field goal for McPherson and the Bengals to win. So, Chargers plus three. Vikings at the Lions. The Vikings are 7.5-point favorites on the road. Watch this game, Steelers Nation. The Vikings get the Steelers at home next Thursday, so pay attention to this one. I like the Vikings to win and cover. I, I have no faith in the Lions anymore, unfortunately. Giants at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are 6-point favorites at home. I'll take the Dolphins. The Giants are going to be without Daniel Jones, and I like... I just I like what the Dolphins have been doing lately, and I think they'll be able to win relatively comfortably. Eagles at Jets. Jets are seven point row or sorry seven point home underdogs. I like the Eagles, even though they've been inconsistent. The Jets have just been so bad defensively. It's hard to think that the Eagles won't be able to win by at least seven here. Colts at Texans. The Colts are ten point favorites on the road. I actually am going to take the Texans plus ten here. I have a sneaky suspicion about this game just because it's a divisional matchup and the Colts have played a lot of solid football lately but I feel like this is one of those games where they're gonna have a lot of mistakes by the way I was taking the Buccaneers as my lock this week I forgot to mention moving into the four o'clock games Washington football team at the Las Vegas Raiders the Raiders are favored by a point this is kind of a coin flip I'll go with the Raiders at home I guess give me the Taking the quarterback that, or taking, in my opinion, the better quarterback to only win by one, I like that. Jaguars at Rams. The Rams are 13-point favorites. Man, the Rams just have been sputtering so much lately. I'll take the Jaguars plus 13, but I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. 49ers at the Seahawks. This really feels like the end of times for the Seahawks in their current iteration the, the 49ers are favored by three and a half on the road. Give me the Niners. Tonight, the Broncos at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. It's kind of strange. The The kryptonite for the Chiefs this year has been the too high shell and the light boxes I just mentioned uh, with the Steelers a few moments ago. The Broncos play a higher... Two, no one plays a two shell higher than the than the Broncos do. However, 
I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs since Peyton Manning was their quarterback. So uh, there's kind of a lot going against it. They did play a close game last year at the end of the year. The Chiefs only won 22-16. to But besides that, the previous three meetings, the Chiefs beat the Broncos by double digits every time, and it was a lot every time. I like the Chiefs to cover in this one. Monday Night Football, Patriots at Bills. The Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites. This this could be a really, really good game. Whoever wins it is in control of the AFC East. I like the Bills to win, but I'll take the Patriots to cover in an instant classic. And that brings us all the way back to Ravens at Steelers. The Ravens are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Everything says this is a game the Ravens will win. And with the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger era coming to an end after this season, basically officially now, it's now just a matter of can this team get into the playoffs? And they have a ton of issues. They've had problems stopping the run. They've had problems sustaining drives. They've had problems with a lot of things ever since they tied the Lions and just haven't gotten right since then. Everything says this is a game the Ravens should win and win relatively comfortably. But if this is really the last gasp of this Steelers era, there's something about this team that sometimes surprises us and sometimes they win games when they're not supposed to. I think about nine years ago when the Steelers were 6-5 and five and practically on their deathbed to make the playoffs, facing what would become the Super Bowl champion Baltimore Ravens that year with a 36-year-old, 37-year-old Charlie Batch at the helm who had thrown three interceptions in Cleveland the week before. There was no reason the Steelers would win that game, but they did. And I just feel like the last time Ben Roethlisberger plays the Ravens at home, this has a a very weird feeling that I think the Steelers might be able to win this one. I'm going to go against my gut, and I'm going to say the Steelers are going to win outright by a score of 24. Wait, no. I'll go 22 to 19. Because I said there'd only be two touchdowns, so I'll go that what I was just talking about—the matchup of the kickers with uh, an all-timer between Boswell and Justin Tucker, probably the two best kickers in the NFL. So that'll wrap up this podcast. It's one o'clock right now, so games are getting started as we speak. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Stronger Than Steel podcast. I appreciate the support. You can always check out our episodes on Anchor.fm/StrongerThanSteel. And you can check out our podcasts on YouTube as well under the name Stronger Than Steel Podcast. Until next time, thank you as always for listening to the Stronger Than Steel Podcast. You have been listening to Stronger Than Steel Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And don't forget to check out our website listed in the description below.